that saints go marching in. Now when the saints go marching in, yes I want to be in that number. Welcome to Saints FBP, episode number 23, the draft primer episode. The draft is coming up, and it's going to be here any minute now. It feels like it's been building up for the last, I don't know, how many how many, how many, many weeks have we been doing? How many months have we been building up towards the draft, Elias? It feels like <laughs> I've spent an eternity with Satan. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess I'm Satan? Okay. Yeah. All right, I, I've got the facial hair. I didn't know I had the demeanor, but that's okay. That's cool. I mean, there's worse things to be compared to. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I, I've been feeling like Beelzebub lately, and you know, you know, the, the right hand guy. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just been like it's not as long as last year. Definitely <laughs> not, not as long as last year. But it's been quite the wait, and I, similar to I guess other teams. I would like to have the draft right after the combine. That way we yeah. could just cut right to the chase because it, yeah. it gives you way too much time to, to overthink yourself. And, and oh, man, we, there's so, been so much second guessing. Yeah. Uh, we have second guessed each other like 15 times for the last hour. We've been trying to set up yeah. this episode so that we're going to have it just so. And now we we finally got it right. We're done second guessing. We're going to third guess maybe later on. But right now, <laughs> we're going to present what's the most likely scenario for the top 100 picks. And that's going to be picks 13, 31, 44, 75, and 78. So this is the most likely scenario out of all the information, you know, everything we've read, all the rumors, everything. This is... What we hope is a pretty good prediction. So here's the likely scenario. Elias, who is your first pick off the board in the most likely scenario? Well, according to Jim Henderson, yesterday there was a a post about Jim Henderson mentioning that we would like to address the draft and the positions of need first by getting a pass rusher, then by getting a linebacker, a wide receiver, and then an offensive lineman. If you take a look at how the draft is set up and how the guys are rated, that is ideal spots for depth at every position. The The first round of the, the draft early on is littered with pass rushers. The linebackers come in that late first, second round area. The wide receivers are in that second round areas where there's a lot of depth at wide receiver in that area. And then there's a lot of depth at the guard position in the third round. And so if you think about it, it fits perfectly. So as of right now, based on a lot of the the information that has been pulled in, I think there's a very high chance that we move up from 13 and try to get Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley would be just super exciting. I mean, he is the one defensive player in this draft that I look at and he and I go, that's the guy I want. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the the Bears. The Bears have they, they are in need to add players to that that three four defense. As of right now, Danny Shelton is is around the 13 to 15 area. Gregory is around that 13 to 15 area. We are very close with the GM there in Ryan Pace, and they could use a safety. 
And so I'm thinking that we trade up with the Bears, offer them one of our third round picks and also Raphael Bush to move up to number seven and take Vic Beasley. That allows Chicago to move back to 13 and they can get better value. They they will have the chance to select either Gregory there. And in case you haven't been aware or made known, Gregory has been compared to Alden Smith a lot. And Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator for the Bears now. So if there's anyone that can get Gregory motivated, get him in a controlled environment, it would be Fangio. And so you also have Danny Shelton should still be available in that area. So for them, they get a chance to trade back, get a starting safety in what is a not so deep draft for safeties, and then still end up with a top talent for that 3-4 defense. Dick Fangio is just, he's an absolute monster when it comes to, to getting linebackers ready to play. And what he did with Alden Smith, like you said, he might be the one guy that can really tap his potential, Randy Gregory's potential, as that edge rusher, putting him in position to succeed. Now, you said you want to trade up with Raphael Bush. Uh, now, you want to, you're saying we're going to go from 13 to the Jets at 7, and we're going to throw in Bush, and then what? what's the whole trade? I'm I'm going for a the first our first round pick thirteen. Raphael Bush, who I think is 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 worth a third rounder, is as good as any third round safety. And then another one of our third rounders, either seventy five or seventy eight to move up. I think due to the relationship that we have with the Bears GM and the fact that they will still have the option of one of the top ranked players still available at thirteen. It keeps them from having to charge us an arm and a leg to move up. There's also the scenario that a lot of people aren't thinking about, but the Falcons want to trade up for the linebacker from Florida, Dante Fowler. Well, everyone knows that Vic Beasley is from the Atlanta area, wants to play for the Atlanta Falcons. How would he feel if the Falcons traded up, took Fowler, and then we traded up and picked him, and he got a chance to face the Falcons twice a year? I, that, that's a killer. That's a killer for sure. Definitely. And so, again, I think I think it would it would be a win for us. Number one, if the Falcons moved up and paid a higher price to move up and then we moved up, got the better player and paid far less, far less to move up more spots. That would be ideal. And I think our relationship with the Bears GM makes that a definite possibility for us. And we have so many safeties right now that can right. play ball. I mean, you've got Pierre Warren and Vinny Sinceri, and these are guys that were, you know, castaways, basically, you know, late rounders, undrafted guys, and they're quality ball players. They can fill that third safety role right. without missing a beat. So, in essence, we're going to be trading a backup safety for us and a third-round pick in order to get Vic Beasley, who most draft analysts rank as the best pass rusher in the draft. Hands down. That is the most likely scenario, 
And it is the best scenario. Now, that's who you want at the, you know, first pick of the draft. Who do you want as the second pick of the draft? I would love, absolutely love if Eric Kendricks made it past the Broncos, past the Packers, and fell right to us at 31. He is probably the best tackler of those those linebackers available. And I, when I say best, I mean the surest tackler. He breaks down in space well. He takes very good angles. Despite his size, he takes on blocks pretty well. He, he's not going to be elite at stacking and shedding, but he's, he does it better than Dawson right now, today. And so when you think about inserting him into that Mike spot, he he has the charisma to do it uh, as who who is our new GM? No, not yep. our new GM. Yep. Mickey Loomis? Not Mickey. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Jeff Island. Jeff Island oh, mentioned okay. that we, we would be looking for men. And I think Eric Kendricks, as I've listened to to his brother speak highly of him, Michael, and everyone commends him on on being the most pro-ready linebacker. He takes care of his body. Mentally, he approaches the game a certain way. He he hits the weight room. And so I think Kendricks, when you look at everything he did at UCLA, he fits perfectly well into that Mike position role. Now, he is a bit undersized, but so was Curtis Lofton, not necessarily from a weight aspect, but he was undersized from a height aspect, and he was able, able to survive at that, that inside linebacker position. And so I think Kendricks has the ability to do that. Again, he's a excellent tackler. He doesn't miss. I I, I liked Lofton. He, he led the team in, in tackles for three years, but he also missed a lot of tackles all of those years. <laughs> and so mm. I think Kendricks would be a significant upgrade, but could also come in and take control of that defense, similar to the way that Lofton had control of it while he was here. What did, what did you say? The best way to, to fix a poor tackling team is to have one sure tackler? Tackler, yep. So yeah. there you go. That's Eric yeah. Kendricks. That's yeah, your sure I mean, tackler. If you think about it, missed tackles happen when someone else misses a tackle. So if you have a guy that doesn't miss a tackle, then that doesn't lead to someone else missing a tackle, and now you have two missed tackles on a plate. So – Adding one guy can can alleviate that issue. It also helps the run defense, which Sean Payton again mentioned that we'd be leaning on the run a little more. So that means we'll need to lean on the run defense a little more. And having guys that can tackle helps that. That makes perfect sense to me. Now, now we've got so far, we've got edge linebacker, Vic Beasley. That's our right. first first guy. The second right. guy coming to New Orleans is the inside linebacker. He's a three-down linebacker. Coverage, run, plays everything. Eric Kendricks. Now, who at number 44 in the second round? Obviously, the best deep threat in the draft, Devin Smith, Ohio State. The guy reminds me, and most people might not agree, but I think he has a lot of Odell Beckham Jr. traits. He he attacks the ball in the air. He has better hands than he's given credit for. I think he was used a particular way at Ohio State, but I think he is capable of being so much more as a wide receiver. I don't think he's 
he's necessarily hit his potential, his full potential as a receiver yet. He is he he's got similar size to Joe Morgan at six foot 198. He's got a he's got 31 inch arms, so he has a he has a very solid catching radius for his height. He he has a good vertical. He he attacks the ball. That's one thing. He 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 doesn't allow many 50 50 balls to to go. I guess to the defender. There's one thing you don't have to worry about is that a defender will have the chance at an easy interception with Devin Smith in the, in the area, you know, he's going to attack the ball. He has the speed to get over the top, but he's also a very physical player. The only knock that I have on him is he isn't because he's so thin. He's not particularly good running after the catch. But if you're looking for that Devry Henderson type guy who can, who can explode a game wide open with one catch, that's your guy right there in the second round pick 44. Just to let you, just to let everyone know, whenever we were planning out the show and we have to, I write down all the names. And when I wrote down Devin, it's supposed to have been Devin Smith. I wrote down Devin Speed and I still <laughs> knew who, exactly who it was. So I just put quotation marks around Speed and now his name is Devin Speed Smith forever to me. Yeah. That's <laughs> that, <good. laughs> so Devin Speed Smith at 44. That, that's a, Almost a dream scenario. He would, you know, the deep threat, that's what we need. Now we still got one position we're sitting, we don't quite have a spot for. We don't have our offensive lineman yet. So what's the next, the next pick? Ali Marpet, small school prospect. He has those elite measurables that Armstead came out with two years back. Very, very good athlete. But it's going to get that small school knock. And, you know, we happen to be awesome at developing small school prospects, especially at the offensive line position. And so you look at Ali Marpet, who basically has the potential to be the best guard taken from these drafts. He's already legitimately one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete on the offensive line in this draft. And so you're getting that he may be raw, but. He was also one of the guys that at the senior bowl, he handled Danny Shelton really well, really, really well. And not many guys were able to say that at the senior bowl. So getting him with one of those third round picks, either 75 or 78, depending on which one we use to trade up, would would complete. The top four needs and being able to address them in the top 100 picks and to get basically. If you if you add all of that together and you, you clump everything up, you're getting Beasley, arguably the best pass rush in the draft from a metric standpoint and production standpoint. You're getting Eric Kendricks, arguably the best inside linebacker prospect from a from a metric standpoint and from a production standpoint. You're then getting Devin Smith, who was the best deep threat in college, period. And then you add Ali Marpet, who has the potential to be the best offensive lineman. And you're getting all of those guys with your top four picks and they address all the needs. Well, not necessarily all of the needs, but the most direct needs. And according to Henderson, in that order. And so I think that to me is would be a dream come true for for the Saints in this draft. Yeah, that's that's the ideal scenario. And, and in this scenario, 
we've traded that other third rounder so we can move up for Vic Beasley. Right. Now, Correct. because the draft is very unpredictable, we feel like laying out that is the most likely scenario. Here's the alternate universe version. Now, in this alternate universe where Elias is GM, <laughs> Elias, <laughs> at 13, who's your guy? I go up and get Scherf. Now you're trading up. up. I, I trade up and I get I get Scherf, who is who is arguably one of the top eight prospects in this draft. And he's also one of the safest prospects in this draft. He also, when you add to the position on the old line, you you help the offense, you provide Drew Brees with protection, but you also help the the running game, which in turn helps the run defense. If if we can score points, then teams are behind and are less likely to run the ball. And so you help the offense and the defense with one pick. So I, I have an affinity for how nasty Scherf is, how he plays the game. I would love to see him him pancake Luke Keekley. Would love to see him pancake Levante David, <laughs> Thomas Davis. He's the type of guy that I, I, I would just love to see him on top of those guys while knowing they're completely out of the play. I like his nastiness. Then now in this scenario, you're gonna do the same trade with the Bears. Yeah. Bush, same trade with Bush the Bears. in a third round. Okay. So Scherf's been your guy all 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 season. Ollie Marpet's been my guy all off season. season. So either way, I think we're walking away pretty good. We're both we if we can get either one of those guys, we can we can just look back and go, I predicted that. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> arguably the, the two top offensive linemen. When you when you look at ath- athletically, I mean Scherf has a really good three cone. He's he's very agile. He he's probably not a good left tackle prospect, but neither is Marpet. But both could be serviceable, serviceable at right tackle and all pros at guard. That it sounds sounds great to me. So that's your first pick in the alternate universe. Now, what's your second pick at thirty one? Thirty one, Shane Ray falls all the way to us at thirty one, and I know people are looking at him being the ultimate boom or bust prospect. I like the fact that. As well, similar to the Scherf pick, I like Ray's attitude, his tenacity, the the mean streak he plays with. He also, despite his size, is one of the better power rushers and also is one of the better hand fighters. So you're getting a guy who is who is scorned, has lost a lot of money and falls all the way to 31. He's arguably one of the top 15 to 20 picks and you're able to get him at pick 31. And so I think you're still getting the situational rusher or the third down rusher that you'd get with Beasley. And so you're still filling a need there with the pass rusher, just not quite the prospect that Beasley is. But I think his turf toe injury has affected him more than people will probably be willing to admit. I know because the first thing I brought up whenever you said Shane Ray's my guy at 31, I said, but according to the, you know, his, his spark score, which is a mathematical analysis of someone's athletic ability, it kind of takes the whole of every drill that they do and goes, okay, this person is either very athletic or very not right. in comparison to the rest of the NFL. And once you hit below 50, then it's, you're, 
athletically limited and the likelihood of success isn't very high. And Kendrick's is below 50. But you, I said that and then you immediately brought up the point about his turf toe and how that might have affected a lot of his drills. Yeah, specifically his, his agility drills. He, he ran in the, the four, five, four, six area in a, in a straight line. He, he had a, a very good broad jump, which means he, he's explosive and he had a solid vertical. His, his agility drills are, are what were questionable. Like they were terrible, but I would only assume that a guy who is having to plant on that big toe to change directions he'd be favoring it a little bit, probably not planting as hard or, or not able to plant as hard. And so I think those numbers if, can be very subjective. I think you have to you have to look at the situation and then possibly try to to, I guess, center him in, a, in an area. But just to throw it out there, I would take either Ray or Gregory at that 31 spot. I think the, the risk would be much more worth it later in the draft, but you still also get that five-year well, the contract with the fifth-year option for both players. So I still look at, 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 a, at it as a good chance or a good position to still take a pass rusher and still get one of the top 15 to 20 pass rushers in the draft. Now you, players. You mentioned that fifth-year option. That's also a possibility to help us with if we were chose to trade down with someone – Someone decided they wanted a quarterback, most likely. They could trade up, get the quarterback, and have a fifth-year option on him where whenever you're a rookie, you have a four-year contract. As a first-rounder, you have a five-year contract. Yeah, and and I guess we forgot to throw that in for the, the likely scenario. However, the only reason I see the need to trade back is if one of the guys – that we like isn't there. We we already have a good amount of picks in the draft in the top 100, so we should be able to come away with good players. Trading back basically puts us in another another group of players that may not be as good as if we would have stayed put. So I think best case scenario is to stay there and have somebody there. I think trading back would be if we just the players that we like weren't there and somebody wanted a quarterback, then we can add another pick and that gives us more ammo. But I, I think staying at 31 and still getting a top 20 prospect like Kendricks would be very much ideal. And who knows? We could do a trade up for Beasley and a trade back at 31 and right, recoup right. that third rounder. You never know. Loomis Loomis does some stuff. Yeah. GM Mickey Loomis, he does some stuff. And he's he's creative for for someone who they they tout as a as an accountant. The dude's pretty creative in what he does. Now, we're going on to, you know, alternate universe, Elias's picks at number 44. Who's your guy? Paul Dawson. He, Paul Dawson, again, fits with the theme that I'm going here, which is nasty. You're getting a guy who feels he's the best linebacker in the draft, in the draft but he's going to get dropped because of minor, I guess, attitude issues. So he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulders, similar to Ray or Gregory, both having having fallen to 31. So you're getting a guy who, like I said, arguably is the best linebacker in the draft right up there with Kendricks as far as production. Did not have the numbers that he wanted at the combine, but 
hey, the guy's a football player. And I think the Saints have been in need of football players, pure football players for quite some time. So to get Dawson right there, he's usually rated as the 44th through 70th best prospect. So to get him right at 44 would be excellent. He'd, he'd fall right to us, still fill a need at the linebacker position, and you know you're getting production there. Being that linebackers tend to produce a lot earlier than other positions. He might not have the best athletic scores, but like you were saying, his instincts are maybe the best in the draft. And we haven't had that guy to lead it, lead the defense with pure instinct on the field since Vilma. Vilma, yeah. yeah. Vilma would be the last one. So I would love to get Paul Dawson at 44. Now, all right, so recap. at with first, first pick of the draft, we got Brandon Scherf, big offensive lineman. The second pick of the draft, we grabbed in the alternate universe – We've grabbed the the linebacker Shane Ray, who's fell to thirty one because of some off the field stuff and and maybe not testing out athletically as well as he could due to the turf toe. All right, is it very good risk at thirty one? Number forty four, you're grabbing Paul Dawson, the inside linebacker with the best instincts in the draft in the third round. Who's your guy? Chris Conley. Chris Conley is the man. Chris Conley is 6'2", 215 pounds, 42-inch vert, if I'm not mistaken, a a 44-inch vert. Uh, Ran a 4'3", 40. He's explosive. And going away from the theme of nastiness, Conley is actually one of the most humble players. And if you're thinking back to the the issues we had with Steels last year, who I think was rather upset because he wasn't getting the amount of touches he felt he wanted. You're going the complete opposite of his his personality to someone like Chris Conley, who would fit well in a rotation as, as a rotational receiver. He's someone that has very good length. He has 32 and a half inch arms, nine and a half inch hands. He 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 catches the ball away from his body. He he understands the game. Didn't have the statistics that you would have liked, but then again, Atlanta had I mean not Atlanta. Georgia has some very good running backs and they were a run oriented team. So I mean I would build the offense around the running game as well. So yeah, he'd be my pick to to fill out the roster at receiver with that third round pick. He's he's been our favorite all off season. So pretty much we've picked pretty much every guy that's been our favorite all off season. These are, <laughs> these are the, still the same guys. They're still our favorites, and they're still right about in the same spots that we originally had them tagged at. So in that scenario, we got Brandon Scherf, Shane Ray, Paul Dawson, and the big wide receiver with tremendous speed. Chris Conley and Chris Conley, he, he's like an alien, man, that people, they don't make humans like that but, yeah. <laughs> because he's so he's so big. He's so fast. And the the only player that I've seen that com- that I've seen comparisons is um, Chris Chambers, who was a killer for the Miami Dolphins for a couple of seasons. I also I guess from a build prospect, the uh, the kid that the coach drafted last year, the wide receiver that the coach drafted. Dante Moncrief? Moncrief. 
they are of very similar size and speed. Moncrief was another receiver that was 6'2", 6'1", 220 pounds that ran at 4'3", 5'40", that had a, a very good vertical. So when you're looking at, at prospects comparable, yeah, Moncrief would be a comparable prospect to him. Moncrief, he, Colts love him. They love him. So it, if we can get that same kind of love for Chris Conley, man, that'd be great. Yeah. Now, we've laid out two different scenarios in, in the draft primer. We have some some other mid to late round guys that we've kind of tagged as possible targets. Can you kind of give us a rundown and, and kind of go through those guys for us? Yeah, sure. You have uh, – after we, we – We've obviously gotten out of the top 100 picks, so now we're in those uh, picks 148, 154, 187, 230. You should, if you are unable to hit in certain areas of the draft, or if the draft doesn't fall in the most likely scenario, you have guys like Ben Heaney who who will be available. You have Trey Jackson. You have Efo Ikpre Alamu available. You have the the tight end Jake Bell. That should be available late. Jordan Hicks, the linebacker from Texas. Holy Kikaha, the, the pass rush specialist from Washington. You have Marcus Hardison that should be available on the defensive line. Kenny Bell, Quandre Diggs, Davison Tyler, who is a, is a sleeper defensive tackle prospect and would give us much needed help along the defensive line. So you have a lot of good guys that would be available to fill out the rest of the draft and also if we weren't able to get those specific picks. I think uh, Ben Heaney is one of my favorite players in the draft. I would put him right under Kendricks and Dawson. And I also like Jordan Hicks as well as a linebacker prospect, someone that can come in and play over on the weak side. And both of those are inside linebackers. Inside, right. Inside linebackers. Again, Marcus Hardison is a guy that is, is very unique, very, very unique. And, I would compare him to Foster. He's a guy that could he could play the five tech, but he's he's a very good inside pass rusher, pretty good outside pass rusher as well. I mean, he's probably not as as long as Leonard Williams, but very. I mean, they, they're close athletically, and so you you'd be getting a bargain in the third round or so with Marcus Hardison. Uh, again, you have Trey Jackson, the guard from uh, Florida State. You have so many possibilities there that if we we were unable, if the draft fell a certain way and we were unable to hit on the the most ideal with Beasley, Kendricks, Smith, and Marpet, there are a lot of guys out there we can still in those top hundred picks and later still get some very good guys. I mean, quite simply, the Saints are in very good position to own this draft. Like, there's no way that we should not come out of this draft with at least three to four starters slash rotational contributors. Yeah, if you can walk away with, with three guys that impact the game in this draft, I, I think that's a success. Yeah. That's that's like that's the cusp wherever you go from success to okay to terrible. If you can get three guys, that's a success. If you get two guys, that's okay. If you got one guy, that's you, it. Terrible, you missed. You know, now we're now we're kind of looking, you know, Brandon Cooks out of last year's draft was the only contributor. Right. We can't we can't have that kind of repeat, but we're lined up so well. I mean, it it, it seems it's almost like this draft was made for this team. Or or maybe they did such a good 
job scouting that they they actually were able to facilitate those trades knowing that it would put them in position to get some good players. That could be it because, you know, the Saints are big into uh, analytics and they they kind of they have their targets and they they notice trends. They're they're one of the, the few teams that really seems to value that. So that could be you could yeah, maybe you're on to something there. Yeah, because, I mean, the Seahawks obviously traded for Graham and felt comfortable trading a first round pick knowing that this was a weak tight end class. I'm I'm pretty sure they knew that beforehand and i'm pretty sure the saints knew getting the 31st pick would allow them to get a good player at 31 or possibly trade back so i mean you you think about how it how it looks for both teams i'm pretty sure that the draft was they had the draft in mind and also free agency in mind i mean you got to think these teams once once the season is over they are immediately in off-season mode and so they've had people scouting in the draft all season. So what we think is new or is like just start is a process that begins like far way before we think it begins. And so it's very possible that they just they lined everything up beforehand and they feel that having these picks where we have them should allow us to get some very good players. And it also allows us to either move up and target players, sit still or sit back and acquire more picks. We, Like I said, we're in very good position in this draft. I mean, one of the top teams as far as draft picks and the weight of those draft picks. Yeah, the value of the, of the picks we have is like the number value is crazy high crazy, compared, yeah. to high, yeah. compared to everyone else. So, yeah, this, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. It, it's coming up. It's going to be here uh, Thursday. So, everyone... Set your DVRs. You're going to be ready for this. On Thursday, first round happens. So this has been the Saints Football Podcast. You can hit us up. Did we even introduce ourselves in the beginning? I don't even think we did. I thought we did. I I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. I'm Josh Vox. He's Elias J. You know, I actually wanted to be Elias today, if if that's okay with you. you I was just going to call you the interchangeable E. Okay, well, that, we're good. just gonna stick with that. Yeah. Interchangeable E. And uh you can hit us up on Twitter at Saints FBP. You can uh connect with us on the website. Elias is putting together, he's you know, he's gonna email it to me in just a couple minutes, and we're gonna post a um a wonderful draft uh article that's gonna kind of outline what we just talked about here and, and maybe go into a little more detail uh written down. So we're we're gonna we're going to be fully vested in the draft, you know, both via podcast and written article. And so you can hit us up on saintsfbp.com. I'm Josh Vox. I'm Elias Elias LJ. You can't uh, be you can't be LJ too, man. Like like that's, that's just too many nicknames. That is, that's really my nickname in real life. Well, you, you're Elias Elias L.J. Williams? Yeah. I mean, if you want to throw my middle name in, Jamal. Is that, like, when you get mail, that's what it says? It says Elias J. Williams on my mail. <laughs> that's probably what we need to go by. It, We're gonna. His legal name is Elias J. Williams, and this has been the Saints Football <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
And uh, and this is the draft primer episode where we're going to look back in a couple of weeks, uh, in just a few days, and we're going to go, boy, we were really wrong. <laughs> or, boy, we were really right. There's a positive outline. I'm kind of looking at it like we're probably going to split the difference and we're going to be okay. Yeah. All right, folks. I uh, Have fun. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun draft. So have fun, everybody. And we'll see. We'll talk to you guys during the draft as We'll be doing a live live show for the draft, so we'll we'll be in touch. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. I, I'm glad you reminded me. We're gonna be recording uh, an episode as the draft happens, so that we're gonna give our first take, and it won't be you know watered down. You'll you, I might have to use the bleep thing a little bit. You know, bleep out the curse words depending on what the pick is. <laughs> I'll have to figure that out. I'm sure I can download a bleep just in case we end up taking like Jordan Phillips or someone like that. So we'll, we're going to do a show as we, as the draft goes along with the, with the ESPN or NFL network in the background so that, you know, okay, this is, this is what we're watching. This is our first reaction. And just to be completely honest and on board, throwing it out there as soon as we get done and letting it fly, hoping it's not too bad. And so we're going to be, it's going to be a busy few days, man. I'm, I'm going to be excited to do it. And uh, I can't wait, man. I'll be in the limelight because of, of course this, this is all about me. That, it, it, yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone sees the love of Elias. Huh? I feel like, <laughs> It's like you're trying to set up this scenario where it's like everybody loves Raymond and like I'm the older brother. How did you did I make it that obvious? Yeah, it was pretty on the nose, man. You got to be a little more subtle with that stuff, you know? Yeah, he's like everybody loves Raymond. I can't do his voice, but yeah, it's pretty close. I'll I'll fix that. I'll fix the voice in post. <laughs> All right, everybody, for real, we're going to hang up this time. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Have fun, people. Yes, I want to be in that number. I went to Saint School, my children. Sing it again. <laughs>